Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode, we are going to share with you about the saints. As we know in our Catholic tradition, there are many, many saints. But in this episode, we are going to share with you some saints who have inspired us personally. The saints are wonderful role models and friends to each of us on our faith journey. But just before we begin, we would like to invite you in beginning with a prayer, and then I will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Teresa of Avila, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This reflection is from Saint Teresa of Avila. May today there be peace within. May today there be peace within. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing you are a child of God. Let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, dance, praise and love. It is there for each and every one of us. So now to look at the saints. The saints and their lives are incredibly inspiring because in a way their lives reveal to each of us God's invitation to every human person to go deeper in their relationship with him. In a way, the saints are like different threads in a tapestry that are all part of the same craftwork of God. They are examples of what it means to all be a part of the one body of Christ the Church. And just before we delve into the conversation about the saints and sharing some of our own personal favourites, I would like to share with you a lovely quote by Joseph Langford. He says, The saints show us not only how good we can be, but more importantly, they show us how supremely good God is. Like precious stones in a great mosaic, 
Each saint reveals some facet, some special attribute of God's boundless being, some unique cue of the divine splendor. So that's just to get us started. Sure, that's beautiful. The splendor and reflection from the earlier saint as well there, um, it's, it's obviously confirming that there is something for everyone and everybody. Uh, it's great to reflect on this episode today and hope all is well with you and all our listeners. And thanks a million for everyone's prayers and support as we all journey together these crucial days. And as we journey together as a pilgrim uh, towards our eternal home, who else can help us and guide us better than the saints who uh, have been there, have seen the world, and have also seen the eternal home. And they know what it takes to reach there. You know, so they are our best friends, as we often say. Uh, even Pope St. Clement I said, you know, follow the saints because those who follow them will become saints. So that's a wonderful assurance there from Pope St. Clement, basically from his own experience and the saints that he followed uh, would have uh, given him that assurance and uh, they have seen it. They have received those personal revelations from Jesus and Blessed Mother in different settings and through their prayer life and their sacramental journey, which are basically the milestones that uh, is there on the road to our eternal home. And, um, you know, I personally believe saints are like a magnifying glass through which we can see the beauty and the love of God and uh, our eternal home much closer than what we may think or see on our own. You know, so Eileen, so we would like to uh, reflect on this episode uh, to kickstart, maybe to learn more from your own favorite saints and then to circle back to my own favorite saints. And then uh, we can leave that with our listeners to reflect on their own saints, you know. Lovely. Thank you, Joy. Yes, it's very hard, I suppose, to narrow down a list of favorite saints uh, for me personally, because each time I think uh, over the years, I found that I've learned more about different saints along the way and maybe even saints I hadn't known about before. Or I might have been familiar with their name, but then it's not until a couple of years later where I might have read something about their life story that I actually found it very intriguing or uh, there was maybe something in their story that that touched my own heart and um, I think I can feel that for lots of different saints but if I'm just to maybe share a few examples uh, from my side one of the first I will share with you is Saint Pope John Paul II and undoubtedly he was very very popular in his time as Pope he traveled so far and wide and in fact the whole idea of the Pope traveling was somewhat popularized by St. John Paul II. But it was not just his ability to reach out and touch people, I think, that made him so kind of like charismatic with people. Uh, you know, he had a way of reaching people's hearts through his words as well and mm. through his very human engagement and interaction with them. But one of my own favorite aspects of his life is also that uh, he was so human as well. He had so many hobbies and interests. Uh, like, for example, he loved the outdoors. He loved hiking, skiing, anything, you name it. He had a great love for, for the outdoors and for activity. He also loved theater and drama. I found it very inspiring when I was reading a book about him uh, by Jason Everett uh, about his five loves. 
One of these lovely passages that came up was that during the Second World War, uh, during Nazi occupation of Poland, and of course, uh, people were so restricted and oppressed at that time, and much of people's culture was trying to be taken away from them. But uh, the young Karl Watila, uh, he set up an underground theater with his friends. And so they would continue to meet when it was safe and possible to do so. And they would act out pieces from theater, from drama, uh, share inspiring Polish poetry. And it was just a way to keep that culture and that beauty of their culture alive, you know, keeping the beauty there and letting that inspire them to to not give up. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's such a lovely human touch to someone, you know. Later on, he, he carries that forward in the way that he reached out to young people. He would bring young people skiing and hiking with them. And I can imagine the conversations. I mean, it would be so lovely to be one of those young people and to just uh, be able to ask him on anything, you know, <laughs> all the questions we have, uh, all the things we want to know about just to, you know, hear what's his opinion on it. So you can imagine the young people who got that wonderful opportunity to spend a day hiking and skiing all together, uh, learning more about their faith and essentially just being given that abundance of life uh, and being encouraged to go forward without fear. And that was one of his primary mottos. And uh, it's something I really love about him is that he was very much, uh, you know, encouraging young people, be not afraid. And of course, this is a passage, uh, do not be afraid. Uh, they say is in the Bible 365 times. So <laughs> that's one for every day of the year. And I just think that's a very important message throughout any generation, even in our own time. Now, that's really important as well, not to be afraid. He says, go out into the deep for a, a big catch. So so that's the kind of, I suppose, ambition or the, you know, it's, it's food for the soul, because when we try to live that out, it surely helps us to do that which we were created to do and in turn rediscover God's love for us anew as well. So they're just a, a few words. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to capture him in uh, one piece, but I, I've always really admired and loved St. John Paul II and um, especially because he, he was so encouraged by young people and he often said that his happiest moments were in the presence of young people. So I, I think he's a great intercessor for young people as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing those personal moments and uh, and a very special experience of uh, your soul's journey and uh, the impact saints made, you know, and especially St. John Paul too, uh, the way he impacted your soul as well as the uh, souls of so many, so many young people and uh, young at heart around the world the way he reached out and the way he touched those hearts and souls and uh, brought Jesus and our Blessed Mother's love to so many hearts and homes, uh, the way he did it, you know, uh, not just through his journeys and apostolic journeys, but also through his homilies or be it the way he reached out to the young people uh, in Italy or outside Europe. Uh, it's amazing how a journey of a soul through and from JP2's own experience and spiritual growth 
has reached out and it's again reminding of the same uh, the mustard seed story you know the the word of god was planted in everyone similarly it was planted in jp2 and the way that word of god grew over the period of time and then he obviously became a Salesian priest and then he became a bishop and then uh, he was it was foretold by saint padre pio that uh, you know jp2 will become one of the highest uh, member in the Catholic Church and obviously that prophecy became true and the Pope St. John Paul II became the Pope, the first Polish Pope and ultimately, uh, you know, in, even in Italy he was embraced as if uh, he's a localite. That's the impact he made, you know, beyond borders, no difference, no cultural and uh, national barriers. Uh, he literally brought Jesus and uh, his, uh, his visual display, even in his suffering, you know, because Jesus identified himself with young people at the same time he identified himself and connected with uh, those who were suffering because Jesus knows more than anyone about the pain of loss and pain of suffering uh, as he suffered the max in the crucifix how he suffered because that's one of the toughest way to die uh, so we see how JP2 then uh, he was wounded even in his own St. Peter's Squire and then he was miraculously saved by our Blessed Mother. And then there he went again and he went on. Even with a reduced voice, nothing could stop him. Still, he reached out and took that huge responsibility on his own shoulders and um, reached out to the whole lot with that message, as you said. Um, no, do not be afraid. He, he, he didn't just preach it, but he lived it. And he inspired the rest of us to live that message and to look up to God and Blessed Mother on our day-to-day -day sufferings and equally with our joys and sorrows you know so that's beautiful that that reminds me also then as you said you know do not be afraid is the message at the same time during challenging times and um, you know unexpected things that goes on in the world how one can be uh, thankful and how one can be uh, hopeful and remain hopeful in god and say you know i'm still not afraid there is a small reflection here by grace e and in this reflection, she has uh, reflected, what am I thankful for? What am I thankful for this year? What blessings come to mind, my dear friends and relations? So loving and so kind. Each time I see the sunrise and the beauties of the day, the unexpected little joys I find along the way. What am I thankful for this year? The small and furry things, the hope that keeps me going, the peace believing brings. I have so much to thank God for. I don't know where to start. I only know He walks with me and lives within my heart. Grace E. Esley. I thought that's a beautiful piece to tie in with this episode and to give hope and to give that message. Do not be afraid. Despite all that goes on, we have our God with us in our heart. Over to you, Eileen. Thank you, Joy. Yes, that's true. And um, you just reminded me there, too, that uh, St. Pope John Paul II is, I suppose, a very inspiring moment as well in his life is uh, that massive act of forgiveness, um, particularly at that time of his attempted assassination in St. Peter's Square. The May the 13th, 1981 was the date. 
which of course coincides with the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. And he attributed his miraculous uh, recovery to her intercession and uh, later goes to visit Fatima with that same bullet and uh, puts it in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima. It's an incredible story and he goes to visit the man who who did this attempted assassination as well and shows him forgiveness and he also later meets this man's mother too. So it's a beautiful example of forgiveness. Of course, uh, you know, we understand forgiveness as, as being a divine grace and it's often something we have to pray for, for that grace to to forgive as well. Uh, because that's what God desires and uh, God shows us that every day ourselves as well you know so it's um, a beautiful uh, witness to that forgiveness of God as well but maybe if I was just to say one more thing on uh, Pope St. John Paul II for myself is also the many beautiful descriptions of prayer. Uh, St. John Paul II just loved prayer. It fueled his day. Uh, he got up especially early in the morning, hours that I probably would never see myself, five o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> Uh, crazy early and uh, started to pray he would have mass and that was the fuel for the rest of his day it's incredible uh, there's a story about a trip he was on one time and uh, they had told him okay father you're on a very strict schedule we only have time for x y and z that was okay they were going along and they were in this building where there was a long corridor and next thing they notice oh the Pope is missing where did he go and uh, they look back the corridor and they open the door to the chapel and inside they see the Pope praying and uh, you know the the personnel that were with him were looking at each other like who told them the chapel was here no one told them the chapel was here you know it's such a lovely story that he just instinctively was drawn towards prayer wherever he went. Uh, we have similar stories when he first got to visit Poland as Pope. Uh, the way he really invoked the Holy Spirit when he went back to visit his homeland, especially because at that time it was still under the communist regime. And he just implored the Holy Spirit to come down upon this land. It just makes heaven so close and ultimately that's what prayer is because it's a dialogue, it's a conversation. It testifies to the power of prayer, how each of us can implore the Holy Spirit. Um, each of us can pray with that fervor, like going into that chapel that no one told us about to visit our friend, you know. So I think they're just beautiful testimonies uh, to each of us because, of course, no saint is perfect. But what the saints reveal to us is the great capacity for God that each each human person has inbuilt within them. This is what they reveal to us ultimately. And they show us how God stirs the soul. He keeps us moving and just how much he loves us as well. So there are just some uh, anecdotes from his life. Absolutely. And of course, I have a few more lined up here too. But Joy, I would be curious now to hear from your side, uh, maybe a favourite saint and inspiration as well. Um, so maybe have you someone else that you would like to share? Sure. Thank you for those uh, beautiful reflections there. And uh, I'm sure an episode is not enough to reflect on JP2. And uh, my favourite saint, uh, on account of my baptism, uh, I was given St. Anthony's name, St. Anthony of Padua. And I have a small reflection here about him and then I can reflect on my own uh, experience as well. So Saint Anthony of Padua, patron saint of lost and stolen articles, was a powerful Franciscan preacher and teacher. 
he is typically portrayed holding the child Jesus or a lily or a book or all three in his arms. Many people give alms to St. Anthony bread in thanksgiving to God for blessings received through the prayers of St. Anthony. St. Anthony of Padua's life is what every Christian's life is meant to be, a steady courage to face the ups and downs of life, the call to love and forgive, to be concerned for the needs of others, to deal with crises great and small, and to have our feet solidly on the ground of total trusting love and dependence on God. St. Anthony is beloved throughout the world and is responsive to all people and all needs. His intercessory powers before our God are awesome. So we know this from the miracles and uh, the great benefits and uh, miracles that happened and is still happening as we speak throughout the world uh, through St. Anthony's intercession, uh, a great, great saint and a role model for many uh, because, you know, his initial calling was different and then he wanted to travel across and he was asked to go to some other place and then on his way then by the time he reached because of sea and the situation and all of that he became sick and they asked him to go back so this life is full of dramas mostly we see this with saints across and their initial calling or their initial vocation that they thought uh, would have been different and once they ended up in choosing their vocation then there would have been a different call or a totally a different vocation emerging out of their original location and then they go on a mission and uh, reach out to people in a different way that God uh, reserved for them and that's what we see in uh, St. Anthony you know he ultimately emerged as a preacher uh, you know his um, uh, incorrupted tongue is a great testimony for it and uh, even one of the popes you know they asked him to uh, give all his notes notes related to his homilies so that it can help other seminarians uh, who can use and learn from his uh, insights and the wisdom he gained uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit from God. Um, it's amazing testimony when we see and uh, back home it's always a, a tradition to pray to St. Anthony on Tuesdays and um, we had novenas, we still have novenas and uh, you know the, there is this tradition of bread offered on a Tuesday and then after Holy Mass in the evening then we have this Novena to St. Anthony and after the Novena prayers we will distribute the bread to all the faithful so as part of our altar serving uh, duties uh, we would have been at the altar for Holy Mass and immediately after the Mass we go to the small shrine dedicated to St. Anthony and we arrange the candle stand and we light the candles and we bring receive all these candles and the bread that the, the faithful will bring and the priest will bless it and then it's kept there uh, always near St. Anthony's statue and after the novena prayers it will be kindly distributed to everyone. It's a very nourishing, you feel like kind of, uh, you know, next to Holy Communion, you know, the, 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 the kind of satisfaction or the spiritual nourishment we receive when we receive the Holy Communion, it's, it's far beyond what we can explain through this global language but next to that um, the, that kind of uh, spiritual nourishment that we experience is through uh, the bread that is dedicated for or on account of a saint's novena in this case it's saint anthony's novena bread sorry jay just to ask you so that's in kerala isn't it that's right and it still goes on and in in, in kerala in india and it's also in different parts of india as well and they, in some places, they also um, give, you know, distribute food as well. Like in Indian context, it will be rice uh, for some people, you know, because they, there are a lot of people uh, who will be suffering in different settings in the 
subcontinent in different settings in terms of poverty. So the church then serves them food or clothing in different settings because they all pray to St. Anthony. So in this way, uh, I have a great memory from uh, childhood as an altar server, and that still goes on. It's amazing to see, you know, it still goes on. And uh, the volunteers and people, those who come there, you know, they, they pray and then they participate dedicatedly in the novena and they receive the bread and they and they have that bread with dedication there in front of St. Anthony's statue and they go home with the peace that one day their prayers will be answered and there is a lot of healing taking place and there is a lot of stolen items or disappeared items coming back to its uh, owner. So we see then why people continue to pray to St. Anthony for the lost items and also for healing. You know, so Our Lady and St. Anthony, two, two great miracle workers there, uh, especially with these novenas and things that's still going on. A lot of miracles, you know. Lovely. Yeah, that's a lovely story. And of course, St. Anthony being very famous for, of course, interceding for lost items. And no doubt he's been called on across the world for that very yeah. purpose as well. Very well, busy. That's, um, exactly, exactly. But it's beautiful to share that and just how the beautiful novenas that take place there as well in Kerala. Of course, the novenas are popular throughout the world, uh, nine days of prayer. Um, yes. But also the, the baking that's associated with the saint, uh, that's very nice as well. It's lovely to see how universal the church is, you know, the different ways of expressing um, our faith and honouring saints. It's it's beautiful to see the customs and traditions across our universal church. And it just testifies again how that though we are many we are still one body in Christ, uh, the church. So we have brothers and sisters in faith across the world. And uh, to add to those, we, we can add our friends, the saints as well. So we are definitely in good company, it seems. Yes, absolutely. The next saint I would like to share with you. Now, I have a few here, so it's always a matter of who, who will go next. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, no pressure. So, no pressure. <laughs> so I may actually, just for the purposes of this episode, uh, share a little bit on St. Agnes. And she was born in the years 291 and she died in 304 AD. So St. Agnes of Rome uh, was a young woman. And at her, that time, she had been requested to marry a local nobleman. Uh, her parents were very keen on her to get married as well. But of course, maybe unbeknownst to them at that stage, Agnes had already decided from a young age that she had wanted to dedicate her life to God. And she was very firm in that decision. So when this uh, noble suitor came to ask her for her hand in marriage, uh, Agnes very politely uh, turned him down. Uh, but that did not go down very well with the young man. And he had been very offended by saying no, basically. And uh, he went back to his father and told him and his father was also quite annoyed by this, um, I suppose, because they had a lot of wealth and prestige attached to their name. And, you know, we're kind of of this opinion that that this young woman is very lucky to receive this request from his son. Uh, so they tried all kinds of means to convince Agnes to marry him. And uh, it, it caused quite a bit of suffering for her as well. But amazingly, she stood by her decision and uh, her answer remained the same. And she just, 
I suppose, had this amazing conviction about her path in life and this conviction that was there for many years from a young age. And she so much held on to that conviction. And I think what I found inspiring by her story is just that she had this um, resolute decision made, but she stuck to it. Uh, that just being one of the key things like she committed to that decision she had made in her heart and that which she had felt called to and she remained with it even when others went against her or didn't uh, agree with her decision Uh, this promise she had made between her and God uh, she wanted to fulfill it this was her heart's desire and I just thought what a wonderful example because um To have that sense of conviction about anything, any decision that we make uh, can be so important. And then to be able to see it out, uh, that can be in anything in our work, um, in our vocation, whether it's marriage, religious life, single life, uh, to make that decision and then to commit to it, to see it through and to to live out that promise uh, that we have made in our hearts to others or to God is a wonderful thing. And uh, what a wonderful example as a young person, St. Agnes, living out this conviction and decision that she had made as well. Uh, so I think it's a good example for, for each of us not to be afraid to commit when we do make a decision as well, that God will see things through, that he will guide us through and This is just something I really took from the life of St. Agnes. And uh, when I was in New York, actually, at one point, it was my first time there, my first and only at the moment. Um, But uh, there was a beautiful parish there called St. Agnes's Parish. And I had just come across it by accident. I hadn't actually realized that it was there. But there was a beautiful church. And um, I noticed within the church up by the altar, There was a really beautiful image uh, behind the altar of St. Agnes and her Blessed Mother Mary was there standing alongside St. Agnes holding her hand and it looked as though she was guiding her, you know, like her, her sister, her mother, her friend. And it was such a beautiful image. It really struck me, you know, because I was like, wow, that really sums up her life, really, you know. But not only was that uh, something for St. Agnes, but that that's there for each of us, Our Lady, to to stand by us, to guide us, to take her hand and uh, to lead us forward. And um, I just thought it was so beautiful, you know, like uh, what a lovely testimony to, to the life of the saints. So uh, that's just a little bit about St. Agnes uh, there, Joy. So I might pass back to you just to see your thoughts as well. Beautiful, beautiful story of another soul there inspired and the uh, image of Our Lady and St. Agnes. Again, that reminds me of two, uh, another beautiful image of um, our Blessed Mother, uh, you know, beside the infant Jesus in the crib. You know, the Christmas image where we see Blessed Mother was always there and St. Joseph as well. And uh, she's always there uh, even now for each of us because Jesus gave us his mother as our mother. And then Jesus gave us to her and in our company, in our guidance, in our protection, then we journey along. You know, the church is being protected by our Blessed Mother's presence and guidance, constant intercession. And likewise, we too, you know, as part of the mystical body of Christ, you and she is protecting each one of us until we reach our eternal home. 
you know, again, that image of uh, St. Agnes with our Blessed Mother uh, reminds me of our Blessed Mother's own image of her childhood with St. Anne. And there is a beautiful tradition of passing on of faith there. Uh, St. Anne, uh, several years ago, then she passed on that faith and tradition and uh, rich culture and promises of God all the way from the old tradition. And she passed it on to our Blessed Mother and our Blessed Mother passed it on to Jesus. So we see a famous image and some, some places we see the statue of our Blessed Mother as a little girl. And then um, behind her, then St. Anne stands there uh, holding our Blessed Mother's shoulders or hand. It's a beautiful image of uh, motherhood, guidance, a guardian, uh, a friend, you know, a companion. Uh, likewise, that we see, you know, in St. Agnes's story as you encountered in uh, US. And uh, the next saint here I have is St. Euphrasia most recent saint from Kerala, uh, India. And a very, uh, very powerful story again uh, of a soul touched and healed by God and constantly uh, the soul that loved God and uh, accepted Jesus as our spouse and uh, accepted all those sufferings, uh, sickness and all other blames and things that came through the way but didn't pay much attention to it because the focus was on God and with the Holy Family, you know, so it's amazing how we see then St. Euphrasia as a humble CMC nun who has personalized the prayer heritage of Carmelites and lived according to the divine inspirations and rose to the heights of sanctity for all of us who are called to be the beloved of God, that is to be saints. Romans 1 verse 7. The spirit-filled life of St. Euphrasia is an example and to take a peep into our holy life would be proper and useful and the reflection goes on here as you know mother euphrasia grew in humility poverty and holiness as she completely obeyed the will of god every moment the whole life of this virgin was full of continuous prayer penance and reparation mother euphrasia who found contentment in loving jesus her divine spouse was always in the forefront in receiving censure and abuses all those who approached her, she helped with motherly love, prayer, and good advice. This prayer she extended to souls in purgatory also. After a long life of 75 years, Euphrasia, the praying mother, passed away in the convent at Olur uh, in Trishur, Kerala, India. On 29th August 1952, it was a wonder that the church bell at Cheralayam parish began to ring without stop at her death it was continuously ringing it means to all those who prayed her intercession the one who never forgets even after death granted graces god is revealing her great heavenly intercessory power through miracles and signs this holy virgin who desired to become an unknown saint is raised today to the glory of the altar by the almighty and the sweet fragrance of her sanctity is spread worldwide. So we see again another story in different side of the world, but the amazing journey of a soul and the way it surpassed all other local situation, all other things that can come from this world, despite she emerges out because ultimately the soul has to emerge out 
and stay away from all those conflicts or the issues or the abuses and she kept the focus on jesus her spouse and then jesus for her uh, perseverance he sustains the soul and which is a message for all of us that jesus you know sustains us despite the trials and the challenges and all these things so that's why as uh, you said and as jp2 said you know do not be afraid jp2 also said do not be afraid to be saints so we see how the saints have lived their life and the way they were sustained in their sufferings ultimately gives us hope and there is a way forward in every situation there is a way forward uh, and god opens that way like he opened red sea for our ancestors you know lovely absolutely yeah it's so true just the the great witness that they they showed in their lives yeah and great courage too but i think that's probably a testament to the holy spirit which we receive in baptism and uh, of course especially in confirmation as well with the outpouring of gifts and fruits of the holy spirit uh, the holy spirit brings us courage which is a very important gift uh throughout our lives and we see that in many of the saints as well as the gift of wisdom understanding right judgment knowledge reverence wonder and awe all these gifts form the bedrock as well for our uh, human existence and uh, each day we can pray for those gifts to be brought more fully into our lives into every dimension of our lives as well because of course nothing is concealed before god even anything we try to hide from him isn't in from him you know so if we just allow him to to pervade all those areas of our lives even the difficult ones uh, not to conceal or shy or hide away, but to to let it open to him and see the incredible uh, healing that he can bring, uh, the, the love and the seal and zest for life that he brings as well when we open everything up to him and to the Holy Spirit. Also, we have that guidance and maternal protection of Our Lady as well. And this is something we see with so many of the saints, isn't it? So maybe just to share a few final names with you. Uh, it's I find it increasingly hard to pick uh, just particular saints. I think we'd need double episodes, really, if we the were to. Goes on. Exactly, <laughs> the list goes on, yes. But just to share very briefly with you, I have St. John Bosco written down here as well. I have Blessed Chiara Luce Bandano and I have Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Uh, so what I may do is just share a little bit from each of their lives as well. But Saint John Bosco was a lovely, lovely saint. Uh, his life was dedicated to work with young people and um of course, he founded the Salesians, uh, so the uh, Salesian schools, which some of us might be familiar with. We can thank St. John Bosco for, for that charism, uh, because his primary charism was work with young people. And this is what he desired from a young age. Uh, he knew his calling from a very young age as well, that he knew he wanted to be a priest. And uh, he was very close to Our Lady and loved her very, very much. And uh, he had made this resolute decision that um, as a young priest, he would help young people 
but he especially wanted to help youth who had been lost, abandoned, um, those who were poor, who uh, lived on the street at that time in Turin in Italy, uh, where St. John Bosco was from. And uh, just to give you an idea of the time in which he lived, he lived from 1784 to 1817. He dedicated his life to setting up uh, this work for young people. And so he did. He set up a school for young people, but he taught them so many things. Uh, he gave them a grounding in faith. He also taught them how to do uh, manual work. Uh, so for the young guys that were there, uh, teaching them how to make things, uh, he got other people to help as well and to enable them with life skills that would help them going forward into the future. Things which would help prevent them getting involved in crime or uh, that would help sustain them and give them a life to the full, essentially, and also to implant in them belief uh, to show them that there was someone that believed in them who believed in the goodness that was in them and uh, believed in their possibility for more and the great things that they could do and uh, this very much is seen in one of his quotes where he says that uh, it's not just enough that we love young people but that young people should know that they are loved and uh, this was very important for him because this is what fuels the human person as well. And just another quote that I loved by him, which I think is so important, especially today, is the walk with your feet on earth, but let your heart be in heaven. So um, I think uh, that speaks for itself. <laughs> So that's just, just a short overview of St. John Bosco, but I think especially for anyone working with young people, he is also a great intercessor to, to, to ask his intercession as well for work with young people too. The next person is Blessed Chiara Luce Bandano. And she is very interesting because, uh, of course, she's still blessed. Uh, she has not yet been canonized by the church, but she is very recent, actually, uh, closer to her times. Uh, she was born in 1971 in Italy and she died in the year 1990. Uh, but she's a beautiful example of a young girl who just loved life. She loved activity. She enjoyed the company of her friends. She also loved the outdoors, um, sports like tennis, hiking. Uh, she enjoyed singing and dancing. And it's said that one of her wishes had been to become a flight attendant um, as well. Uh, but one thing that sustained her throughout her life was her faith. And this became very clear to her parents. Kiara had become ill uh, later on. So she said that the thing that sustained her during uh, this difficult time was her faith. And uh, before she died, uh, even her family and her friends just got this great sense of strength from her, seeing her smiling when they would come in to visit her while she was being treated for her illness. Uh, they said they were the ones who left feeling better, you know. Uh, she she just had this kind of contagious sense of goodness and joy. And they remarked, you know, how she kind of had this beaming coming from her, you know, just that she had such a love for Jesus and a zest for life. And she wanted her friends to have this as well. So she's just an example of a young person and um, for our times as well. And she was beatified just in 2010. So very recent, really. 
And very similar to her is Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati, who was also born in Italy in 1901. And he's just a young man who is a lovely example as well of someone who loved life. He seemed to also love the outdoors, um, which is no surprise in Italy <laughs> with the amount of mountains and nice weather and beautiful scenery. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati is especially known too for his work with the poor. Uh, he was a lay person as well, a young man, and he used to apparently go and help different charities, uh, giving food to the poor. And just one story which I thought was lovely about him is that often the money that he would carry with him during the day on his way to work, he worked as a mining engineer. It said that on his way home, sometimes he would give his pocket money that was left to a poor person on the street. And it meant then that he didn't have enough money to get a ticket for the bus. So he would run all the way home for dinner. And mm. uh, But it's a lovely story. And uh, his choice to become a mining engineer was that he said, uh, someone asked him one time, well, why, why would you want to work in the mines? And he said, I desire to serve Christ among the miners as well. And it just, he had this lovely charisma about him and a zest for life as well. He absolutely loved the Eucharist and Our Lady um, and just developed a very deep spiritual life, uh, which is incredible. Again, it's a testament to the grace of God and to the power of the Holy Spirit when we open up our hearts to them. And uh, he was a member of St. Vincent de Paul and other associations as well. But I suppose uh, what's just lovely about him is that he's also a young person, a young man who was very sure of his convictions. He was sure of his faith and he knew the direction that that was leading him in, in life. He's a lay person, but he had a full sense of his mission and what his faith was, I suppose, doing within his own life and how that was fulfilling him. So. I just thought that uh, they're both uh, lovely examples as well. Uh, but like that, there are so many saints, saints of the 20th century, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, St. Faustina, our beautiful saints, definitely would recommend locking them up as well. And St. Teresa of Avila. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> Joy, maybe you have some final thoughts on that. Absolutely. They're great stories and they're people, those who intended to go on different paths. And amazing how they were brought in and uh, ultimately they emerged as saints in the Catholic Church. Uh, wonderful testimony. And uh, as St. Don Bosco once said, you know, in every young person, a point of goodness is accessible. And it is the primary duty of the educator to discover that sensitive chord of the heart so as to draw out the best in the young person. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And uh, the Salesian charism uh, around the world stands out. Uh, to continue and uh, do this particular call of St. Don Bosco. And I know this personally, even uh, in India and even around the world. Salatians reach out to, especially to the, the boys and the young people in the streets and to give them food and shelter and quality, high quality education. And also, as you mentioned there earlier on, uh, you know, St. Don Bosco taught them job skills. Uh, they still have, in addition to the regular education, Salatians still have uh, something called the Technical Skills Institute. It may be different names in, in different parts of the world, but they, they teach them still, they teach them and coach them with these job skills, carpentry, electrician, and various skills that gives them job or a 
opportunity in different fields that they would like to pursue their career in, but equally their prayer life and uh, uh, slowly bringing them uh, out of that kind of an addiction or immoral life that uh, the world would have taught them when they were in their streets uh, days. You know, St. Dominic Savio was a great testimony of uh, St. Don Bosco's work. Uh, we know this. There's so many Don Boscos out there and uh, so many uh, Dominic Savios out there doing this wonderful work. Um, and it's still effective and it's still happening uh, as of yesterday. So that's something I can confirm. Uh, a great, great testimony for Salatian journey around the world uh, always inspires me uh, and so many other souls around the world, you know. Absolutely. It's incredible. And um, it's very uplifting, too. It's 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 so nice to hear of those stories that are continuing on to this day and how God is working through each and every generation in its own way, how he calls people at different times and places. And most importantly, that that he certainly has a plan and that, you know, he will raise up each person and all we have to do is to to give him our heart and to to let the Holy Spirit work within us. And even in times when it's difficult, uh, that we remember that God doesn't operate based on our strengths and how, you know, maybe in inverted commas qualified we feel we are. God's mode of operation is different. God goes based on our capacity and availability to him and most essentially on love is the most important. So it's great that we have uh, such a wonderful uh, tradition within our Catholic faith, that we have many, many inspirations and I suppose examples to help us to persevere and to try and live each day to the full. Absolutely. So hope you enjoyed this episode as always. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode of My Soul Delights and we look forward to being back with you again soon. God bless you. God bless.